Welcome to Seeking Paradise, Reflections on Spirituality, Community and Justice. We're living in a time, I think, when it's difficult to know how to balance, on the one hand, being an informed citizen who knows what's going on in the world, and on the other hand, our own mental, emotional health. Of course, we have to engage with the world. We have to not turn our backs on the suffering of humanity. But how do we do that in a way that is transformative? That doesn't just fill us with negativity, with, with the anxiety, with the fear and the anger of the world. When we see a mob in America attempting an insurrection, operating out of fear and anger and ignorance, even Trump himself operating entirely on the level of ego and anger, how do we not just become a mirror of that in our opposition to it? These things do need to be opposed, don't get me wrong. And I don't want to be wishy-washy and, and hippie uh, about these sorts of things. We do have to stand up to, 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 to fascism in other countries and in our own country. We do need to call out, say the truth of what's going on. We do need to say these things. We do need to say Black Lives Matter when another young black man dies. But how do we not just oppose this anger and this fear and this violence with our own equal and opposite anger and fear? In other words, how do we operate not just as, as ethical people, as good people, but as spiritual people? You know, an ethical person says this is wrong and this is right. And that's fine as far as it goes. But a person of faith says, here's the difference. This is wrong and I'm going to shift the operating system within me so that I no longer operate out of that wrongness. It's not just about knowing the, the, the difference between right and wrong, though, of course, it is that minimally, but it's about making that internal shift. It's not just that I'm trying to be good. It's that I'm, I'm going to find different energy to be powered from. Because I think if you don't do that, you just end up operating out of that same fear that same anger as everybody else, even as you're trying to, to, to be better and do better. Jesus said, do not react violently against the evildoer and that a tree is known by its fruit. A fig tree produces figs. It is out of our inner, inner nature that we produce how we act in life, what were those fruits that we produce. So if we want to shift how we are in the world, we need to, if we want to shift the way the world is, we need to change our inner selves. We need to make that shift. 
how do we do that though? How do we do that? That's what the spiritual practices are for. The spiritual traditions give us spiritual practices and what they're there to do is to shift the energy out of which we operate, that we don't no longer operate out of fear and anger. I'm not saying we're never frightened or we're never angry, because that's the natural emotional state that we are as human beings. But it's saying we're doing this work within us, this inner work within us that takes us to a different place. One of those most significant spiritual practices that brings us to a, a different a different way of being is our is, is the practice of, of awareness of the now. This comes to us most explicitly in a few traditions of, of Buddhism. The practice of meditation brings our awareness, our consciousness into not worries about the future or mulling over the past, but into the now because now is what is real and everything else is is, is is kind of a thing we've made up in our heads that's difficult to get your head around Eckhart Tolle has said most humans are never fully present in the now because unconsciously they believe that the next moment must be more important than this one but then you miss your whole life, which is never not now. And that's a revelation for some people to realize that life is only ever now. So mindfulness in a way is an invitation to actually start living, to actually start experiencing life as it actually is not as we construct it in our minds. We can do the washing up, worrying about tomorrow's meeting, but tomorrow's meeting does not actually exist until tomorrow, right? That which we're worrying about, oh, what's gonna happen in the meeting tomorrow, it doesn't exist until it happens. What exists is our construction of it in our minds. But what exists, if, we, if we're worrying about tomorrow's meeting while doing the washing up, we're, we're, we're putting our consciousness on something that in a, in a real way doesn't exist and ignoring that which does exist, which is the washing up in front of us in that moment. And you know, our worries about tomorrow's meeting are usually, are usually the stories we're telling ourselves out of our fear. Because our brain likes to tell us scary stories. What might go wrong? What they might think of me? The brain tells us these, these stories and, and that's, that's useful in a way because as, 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 as we evolved as creatures, you know, it is right that the brain thinks, oh, you know, what if there's a saber-toothed cat behind that tree kind of thing? That's a survival 
tool to think about what might go wrong in a situation, right? That's a tool. But we don't have to be in that consciousness the whole time. Our worries are usually stories of worst case scenarios that our brain likes to tell us again and again and again. And that is the, the, the operating system of fear. It might be useful sometimes to have that as a tool, but it, we don't need to have it as our default way of being in the world. And if we're doing that, we are ignoring in the moment of, of washing up, we're ignoring the dishes. We're ignoring the warmth of water on our hands, the, the sound of the splashing. We can do an activity like washing up while our mind is totally elsewhere. And we never actually experience what it's like to do the washing up. And it's quite nice. It's quite nice. Hands in warm, soapy water is actually quite sensual, quite pleasant. And we usually totally block out what the experience is actually like. And we don't do the washing up in order to do the washing up. And if we do every activity like this, then we're not actually living one moment of life. So I have a, a dilemma at the moment. The house that I'm in the process of, 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 of moving into, that's a still an ongoing, an ongoing thing in my life, is, is sorting out this house. But the house that I'm hopefully going to move into um, has a dishwasher. And I've not had a dishwasher now for, for, for three years. I don't have a dishwasher at the moment. I do the washing up and I try to mindfully do the washing up. And it's going to be a great temptation um, to wash up less when I have a dishwasher. I'm not sure. I wouldn't necessarily bought a dishwasher, but moving into a house that already has one, it's there. And I'm not swearing to you now that I'm never going to use the dishwasher. I think that's that's not something I'm going to swear to you that I'm not going to do. But I will try to wash up um, sometimes in the week because it is washing up is really part of my kind of spiritual practice. I will um, say written prayers. And then I might listen to a, a spiritual podcast or a sermon. And then from that, go into some minutes of just washing up. And at the side of my um, sink is, is a, a note, a piece of writing from Thich Nhat Hanh. Doing the washing up is like bathing the baby Buddha. Everyday mind is Buddha mind. The profane is sacred. That's what I try to bring that way of intention into the experience of washing up, to be present to washing up. And that's a tip if you struggle to find a place in your day to slot in a, a spiritual practice. Build it into something you have to do anyway, like washing up or, or, or cleaning your teeth or walking the dog. Find a way to build these things into, into your routines. Sitting mindfulness meditations we're going to do in a minute is one of those ways of bringing yourself into the present. But it does take 
a lot of practice. And I've been doing some form of mindfulness meditation for probably 15 years now. And uh, some days I'm really rubbish at it. I'm really rubbish at it. And I can sit for 10 minutes and think, I didn't meditate once in that 10 minutes. My mind was all over the place. And I come out and I think, oh, I failed to meditate today. And so it's a real lifetime craft to keep coming back to. But even when we're doing it badly, we're still planting seeds of, of peace within us. We are chipping away at that falseness, at that, those fears, bit by bit, and it begins, begins to make a difference to how we are in the world. Jesus said this is a seed we plant within us. That's the image he's always using. We, we plant a seed, we wait for it to grow. We don't know how it will grow. Sometimes it doesn't, but there's this gradual growth as something within. If we have patience to wait for something to germinate, something to grow. This is how we change. This is how we begin to sink ourselves into deeper sources of peace, into reality more deeply, into what is really real, into the real that holds us. And it's in that practice of being more deeply rooted in the real that we can begin on a slow, organic pace to shift how we are in the world and to begin to bring that healing, that peace and that justice into life.